Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And so after a person went through that process of self-examination, after he recognized that he was in need, a needy person, then... Then God says, okay, now you're ready for the altar. And then he go to the altar, you make the sacrifice, then you enter into the next chamber there. It's called the holy place. So you open up this door and you look around and say, this place is amazing. And you look and you see a little table and there's some loaves of bread on the table. And you look a little bit farther and you see an altar, a little altar, and there's some rising up, some smoke, some smell. It's the altar of incense. It's symbolic of prayer. You look around, you say, well, there's light in here because of this candelabra that's there. There's seven candles burning. And then as you keep on looking around, you see a person, one person. He's standing there. He's the high priest. He's elaborately dressed. He's representing another person, the only person ever called the great high priest. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4.14, Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. No one else has that title, great high priest. But the high priest is there, and you get very interested in the high priest, and you start looking at him, and, and you see all these things. You go, where do I start? But one of the things that catches you at eye level, and you see something very unusual about this high priest, and he's got stones on his shoulders. Who wears stones on their shoulders? He's got stones on his shoulders, and you count them up. Six on the right shoulder, six on the left shoulder. He's got 12 stones on his shoulders. Very unusual. And you take another close look, and you say, well, those aren't common stones. They weren't like stones found in the bottom of the Jordan River or just in the, any old stones in the desert. Those are precious stones there. Very beautiful to look at. Onyx stones. Onyx stones. Onyx with a beautiful translucent quality of onyx that almost draws you into it. and You want to see more of that. And then you look a little closer and you say, wait a second, on their stones, there's some engravings. Let me take a look. Oh, those are letters. Those are letters. What do they say? And you look closer and you say, well, there's the one there that says Ruben. And then you look a little closer and you see, oh, there's Levi. Then there's Simeon. Then there's, there's Judah and Issachar and Naphtali and so forth. And you realize, oh, those are the names of the children of Israel. Engraved on those stones, as it says in Exodus 39.6. Exodus 39.6, they wrought onyx stones enclosed in ouches of gold, graven as signets or graven with the names of the children of Israel, and he put them on the shoulders. So you look at these stones, and you say, beautiful stones. And then you look further and say, well, uh, how are they attached? Or were they just sewn in place? No, they're not sewn in place. They're set into sockets of gold. Beautiful sockets of gold, precious metal. 
So the first thing that strikes you when you see all this is you say, precious, precious stones, precious onyx stones, precious sockets of gold. And the message comes through to you as you see that and you see the names of the children of Israel. You say, oh, God views man as precious. God views man as precious. That's what people are precious to God. After all, God became a man. God died to pay for the sins. John one twenty nine. John one twenty nine. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming to him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. John 3.16, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the price that God pays for the redemption of man. As it says in 1 Peter 1.18, 1 Peter 1.18, as much as you know, you are not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold. You know, this is God saying, silver and gold, chump change for me. He says, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. This precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is used to redeem man. It shows that God views man as precious. Therefore, the names of the tribes of Israel are engraved in the stones that are on the shoulders, and they're set into precious sockets of gold. Beautiful. And the question now comes, say, obviously, on the shoulders you carry burdens. What's the burden? What's the burden that the high priest is carrying? More importantly, what's the burden that the great high priest is carrying? What is that burden? The burden because I forgot to pay my bills last night. No, it's not that burden. What is the burden? You go back to Isaiah 53, and it tells you what the burden is that the high priest is carrying, that the great high priest is carrying. Isaiah 53.11, Isaiah 53.11, he shall see the travail of his soul, he shall be satisfied, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, and here's the burden, for he shall bear their iniquities. He shall bear their iniquities, Isaiah 53.11, Isaiah 53.11, what happened when God the Father saw his dear son laboring, travail of his soul, what was happening? He was bearing their iniquities. What do people see when they think of the Lord Jesus suffering on the cross? What is he doing there on the cross? He's doing a work, a work of atonement. It's described in the next verse in, in also in Isaiah 53, 12, Isaiah 53, 12, when it says he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many. He bare the sin of many. It was repeated in Hebrews 9.28. Hebrews 9.28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Our sins created for him a tremendous load, a tremendous burden. It was the burden of a debt that had to be paid for. And on the cross, he takes the burden, he takes the debt, and he pays for him. And that's the message of the stones on the shoulders of the high priest in the tabernacle. And the fact that there are 12 stones, there's 12 stones. There's not like one stone, one big stone says Israel. Not like one stone. No, it's 12 stones. It's individual stones. It's the stone for Levi. It's the stone for Joseph. It's the stone for Benjamin. It's the stone for every single person of that family of Jacob. Every single tribe has its own stone. Why? Why can't you just have one stone? Because there's a message that comes from every stone. And this is what God is emphasizing. Because each person needed to have their own sins paid for at the cross. 
They needed to be forgiven for their own sins at the cross. We're going to have Passover celebration soon. And one of the key points that God emphasized in the Passover is that each family a lamb. No community lamb. Each family a lamb, as God put it. Each man make his count for a lamb. And this is being emphasized here in, in Exodus 12.4. Exodus 12.4, when it says, Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. So this is the message of having individual stones there. It's not just one stone, but the individual stones, because Christ died for your sins, and your sins, and my sins, and your sins. Individually, our sins were laid on him as the individual stones were there on the priest's shoulders. What an astounding statement comes out of that. And when, in essence, the individual stones are saying, I care for you, and I care for you, and I care for you, and I'm 1 Peter 5, 7, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you individually. Amen. What an astounding statement. He careth for you individual stones on the priest's shoulders. It reminds me one evening recently, one evening before I went to sleep. I don't know why I'm so paranoid that someone's going to break in the house in the middle of the night. I don't know why. But I go around the house and I make sure every door is locked and a PVC pipe is put in place so the sliding glass door can't open, you know. And so the next morning it was dark and I said, oh, I think I'll just go outside, you know, just for a little bit nice, you know, before I get dressed. You know? so, anyway, and so, you know, I come to the sliding glass door and, and then the PVC, I got to get this thing out of the way. So I took the PVC and I just put it like that, you know. So then, you know, I go outside. So, oh, what a beautiful morning, you know. And then I shut the door and all of a sudden I hear this clunk. And you know how you have those moments where you think to yourself, I wonder what that means. Could it be? And so then, you know, I go and open the door and it opens this much. And I said, well, I'm more than that much. I don't think I'm getting through that door. I tried. Oh, no. I'm sitting out here. It's dark. I don't have a key. I don't have a cell phone. You know, and I'm wondering, now what? And so what am I going to do? So I go around and I try the doors that I had locked the night before, and, and one door opened. I've never done this before. I didn't engage the lock on that door the night before. Never happened to me before. So I opened the door, and I thought, I can't just, I can't, I only got one thing to do now. So I sit down, and I say to God, you did that. Last night, you saw that I was foolishly going to lock myself out in the morning, and you caused this one door to be unlocked. I tried to lock it, but you caused it to be unlocked. It's just like you said, I'll leave the light on for you. I'll keep the door unlocked for you. And why did God do that? Because of one word, he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him, he cares for you. It's the word care. And it's the little things in our lives that brings out this, and the big things in our lives. And the fact that those onyx stones were there individually with those individual names on them, on the tribes of Israel, on shoulders, shows that God cares for each one of us individually for the stupid things we do when we lock ourselves out. I mean, there could have been one huge flat stone that said Israel, but there wasn't. So verse 6 tells us that each stone had the individual names of the children of Israel, and God did not have to do that. But he took the time to make sure that each individual name for each tribe had its own stone. 
as a message saying, I care about that you, and I care about you, and I care about you, and you all got different names just like the tribes of Israel, and I care about each one of you by name. And that's the message that comes through, and that shows us how much God knows us as individuals, and it shows about how God cares for us as individuals, not as part of a group. Oh, I know you. You're part of the Friendship with God Fellowship group. All right, you got that card. Come on in. No, not that way. He says, he doesn't say you are part of that group, and that's good enough for me. No. The fact that he says, I know you, as he said to Moses in Exodus 33, 17, Exodus 33, 17, the Lord said unto Moses, I'll do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Doesn't come to him and say, hey, you. He says, Moses, I know you by name. I call you by name. As the Lord said about his sheep, I call them by name, the Lord Jesus. When Israel thought that God doesn't know me, I'm just a nobody to God, God says in Isaiah 43.1, Isaiah 43.1, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the water, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. When Mary Magdalene, she thought that all hope was gone, she comes to the tomb, Easter's coming up. She came to the tomb. The Lord was crucified, and it made all the difference in the world. In John 20, verse 14, John 20, verse 14, when she had thus said, she turned herself back, saw Jesus standing, knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. That's all he said, her name. Mary turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, my master, master. So we look at the high priest. We see this message coming through from the stones on his shoulder. And you look more, and you see something even more unusual. I mean, right away, you're struck with these stones on the shoulder. That's unusual. Don't see that every day. And when you look a little bit further, as your eyes drop down, and you notice his chest, and he's got this square on this chest, very intricately woven, beautiful cloth. In Exodus 39.8, 8, he made the breastplate of cunning work, like the work of an ephod of gold, blue, purple, scarlet, fine twine linen. Here's the cloth base. It's beautiful. It's Egyptian linen. I don't know how many thread it had. But it had a lot of threads. And then it's woven into it are the gold wires. There's the blue, blue threads, the purple threads, the scarlet threads. And you look at those colors and you say, gold is for a king, purple. It speaks of the great high priest. He's the king. You realize in John 19, 19, John 19, 19, when Pilate wrote a title and put it on his cross, the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. But more importantly than Pilate writing, it was what God said in Psalm 2, 6, Psalm 2, 6, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. And then you see the blue. And the blue, of course, speaks of heaven, up in the sky, heaven, where the Lord Jesus came from, where he's going to, he said in John 16, 28. John 16, 28, I came forth from the Father, and I am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. And then you see the scarlet, the scarlet from the crushed worm that made the color. And it speaks of the suffering, the suffering of the great high priest who died for our sins. In Hebrews 13, 12, Hebrews 13, 12, Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered. That's the scarlet. Now, again, on this beautiful background, you see once again more stones, 
four rows of three. Exodus 39.10, 39.10, they set it in four rows of stones. List the stones we lived before. And again, the sockets of gold, each stone, all these stones set in the precious sockets of gold, just like on the shoulders. But there's something different about these stones. And these stones are all different. Stones on the shoulder are all the same. Are all the same. They're onyx stones. Stones on the chest are all different. There's only one onyx stone. And then there's 11 other different stones. Again, it shows how the Lord sees the individuality of the person. Not all the same. And none of us look the same. If you doubted, look around. None of us look the same. None of us think the same. None of us are the same because God loves variety. He does not make men with a Xerox copy machine. He makes everyone different, and he loves that variety. And the stones over the heart all being different shows that God loves each person the way they are, how he made them, how they look, how they think. The fact that they're over his heart shows the love that he has with his heart. And this reminds me of a friend of mine who was dying up in La Jolla. And he was dying, and I was there when his son came in. His only son came in, and his son said to him, Dad, I love you with my heart. He said that, I love you with my heart. I never heard that before. I love you with my heart. I love you with my heart. It's an emphasis. You know, he could have said, I love you. Maybe he's going to love him with his head because he's supposed to know he's his son. He's supposed to love him with his dad. I love you. But he says, I love you with my heart. He's emphasizing tender affection when he says, I love you with my heart. And the fact that the high priest has the stones over his heart, not on his head, like I'm thinking about you, you're always on my mind, but you're always on my heart is what the Lord Jesus, is what the message is coming from the great high priest, the Lord Jesus. I love you with my heart. That's called tender affection. That's called in Hebrew chesed. That's the love you with my heart, chesed, tender affection. It's translated loving kindness in the Bible. Loving kindness, not just kindness, but loving kindness. Not just I love you, but I love you with my heart. Jeremiah 31.3, Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord hath appeared to me of old, saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Therefore, with chesed, Therefore, with the love of my heart have I drawn thee. In Psalm 103, verse 4, Psalm 103, verse 4, who deemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Not just kindness, but loving kindness. Not just mercies, but tender mercies. Not just I love you, I love you with my heart. And the placement of the stones over the heart tells us what kind of love God has for us. It's the kind of love of John 15, 13, John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. As I mentioned, uh, Revelation 1.5, Revelation 1.5, Jesus Christ loved us, washed us from our sins in his own blood. When you love a person, you want to be with the person. You want to be with the person. You want to talk with the person. We already saw how the main goal of the tabernacle is Exodus 25, 8, 25, 8, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them, that I may be with them. God wants to be with us. That's why the Lord Jesus prayed in John 17, 24, John 17, 24, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. His prayer was, they be with me where I am. Which is why when believers are asked, what's going to happen to you after you die? 
Well, I don't know very much about the deep spiritual tales, but one thing I do know, I'm going to be with the Lord Jesus, and that's a great statement. I will be with the Lord Jesus. That's why we say it. When a believer dies, he has gone to be with the Lord. Oh, heaven's great. Gold, streets of gold, that's great. That's wonderful, but much better, be with Jesus, to be with him. And this is what the Lord Jesus said to his disciples in John 14.3, John 14.3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That where I am, wherever I am, you will be there. We'll get there and we'll say, where are we, Lord? Well, we're over here now, but I'm with you. We go to some other place. Where are we? Well, we're here, but I'm with you. Always the same. The goal is where I am, there you may be also. So we see the relationship of the stones on the high priest's shoulders and the stones over the heart of the high priest. And when you see those stones on the shoulders, it speaks to us burden bearer, sin bearer, iniquity bearer, just like the goat that was on the Yom Kippur, there was a goat. It says in Leviticus 16.21, Leviticus 16.21, Aaron shall lay lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel, all their transgressions and all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat. When that is clearly seen, the question of why, why becomes answered. Why did God so love the world that he gave his only son? It was to bear their sins, to die for their sins. Why did the Lord bear the sins of man on his body on the cross? The stones over the heart give that answer. It's the answer of 1 John 4.8. 1 John 4.8, God is love. It's the answer of John 3.16. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. The stones over the heart of the high priest, they give the answer for why the stones are on the shoulder. The stones on the heart give the answer for why the stones are on the shoulder. Because God knows how terrible hell is. And God loves man so much, stones over the heart. It's unthinkable for God that man should suffer in that place of hell which was created for the devil and the demons. So God becomes a man, and he has all the sins of man loaded on him, stones on the shoulder, and he pays for them all. And now all of that is called, in verse 7, Exodus 39, 7, Exodus 39, 7, he put them on the shoulders of the ephod and they should be stones for a memorial to the children of Israel as the Lord commanded Moses. They're called stones for a memorial to the children of Israel. Those shoulder stones which represent how the Lord Jesus bore our sins, paid for our sins, are called stones of memorial for us. That means they're like a reminder. Every time you see them, And I encourage you to go over there to the model of the tabernacle and look at them. And every time you see them, realize that the fact that the Lord Jesus took our sins on himself, this is important for us. It's important for us because we have to continually come back to Calvary. Reminder, what is said in 1 Corinthians 11, 23. 1 Corinthians 11, 23, I received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. This do as a reminder. This do as a memorial. The memorial, that was the shoulder stones. The shoulder stones were a memorial of how the great high priest bore our sins and paid for them. They were memorial stones for us. 
And Moses put on the shoulders of the high priest the stones so they could be stones of memorial. And you take the wine or the juice or whatever, and that is a memorial drink, a drink of memorial to the same fact that he died for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for speaking so, so clearly, clearly to us of the great sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 